there, my name is Romana and great that you are listening to the podcast of Trakuk.com. This podcast is focused on stories relevant for self-development. On this channel, I talk about interesting philosophies of others and I interview people who share their life stories and life philosophies themselves. Are you ready to expand your vision on life and to be inspired? Then let's start. For a lot of us, it takes a long time to find out why we feel in a certain way. Why do we feel angry? Why do we feel sad? And how do we move beyond it? What is the purpose of our emotions anyway? In this interview, I speak with Jess, a psychologist who does incredibly valuable work by treating children up to the age of 21 and who explains to us the value of emotions and how we should deal with them. Hi, Jess. Thank you for being here today. Hi. Nice to be here. Definitely. Could you tell me a bit more about the kind of work that you are doing? Um, Well, I'm a psychologist and I see children, young adults, and I've seen some adults and I help them with psychological issues like depression, anxiety, but also HCHD, autism. Yeah. Okay, that's quite interesting. So um, when we spoke before, you told me that you you noticed that a lot of questions that people are struggling with, a lot of issues that people are struggling with when they are uh, going to therapy with you is with their emotions. Um, why do you think people have so many struggles with their emotions? Well, I think in the society we live in, we do not have the time to think about our emotions and feel them and not get taught about it in school or by our parents. So I think it's just a topic that, yeah, doesn't get enough attention in your life. Okay, okay. So why do you think we have emotions? What kind of function does it have? I think emotions direct our behavior. So when we feel emotions, we know what to do. We know what decisions to make. So if we do not feel them, we have nothing to direct us to what we need or what we want. So I think emotions are really important to feel. For example, anger. When you feel angry, you know someone went over uh, your boundaries and you need to set your boundaries. Um, So if you do not feel the anger, you do not know you need to set those boundaries again. So I think all emotions are really important to feel so they can direct our behavior. All right. So what I notice about the the current society is that especially, yeah, especially in the Netherlands, since I'm living there, it's, it's like my reference point, that we are making a lot of decisions based on our rationality. Um, with this, are you saying that rationality is not as important as we think it is in our, um, in the decisions we make in our lives? Well, I think we just underestimate the importance of emotions. I think being rational is really important as well. I mean, um, if we know what we feel, so if we know we feel angry, we need our rationality to um, pick the right behavior 
So when you just feel the anger, you can also get aggressive or yell or hit someone. And our rationality tells us not to do that. It tells us to um, express our anger with words. So I think both are really important, but they need to be in balance. It's just not just rationality, not just emotions. Both need to be there. That's pretty interesting. So what you are saying is when we are in a situation in which we have to make a decision, we first need to listen to our emotions and then uh, we make the actual decision um, by going through um, some kind of filter of rationality to make sure we're making the um, a, a right decision. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right, and um, how about when we are feeling different emotions at the same time? How do we know which emotion we should be listen to, listening to? I'm wondering if you should choose. Why not listen to all of them? It's harder, yes, but yeah, why not listen to all of them? Why do you need to choose? Um, you have an example, maybe. Yeah, let me think about an example. Um, you are in in a situation in which you um, feel happy making a decision for yourself, but at the same time feel guilty towards other people for the decision that you are making because you uh, are prioritizing yourself over someone else. Which emotion are you listening to then? To the one of guilt and you decide not to do it? Or to the one that gives you like energy and makes you happy because it makes you happy yourself? Yeah, I think it's important to, it, it will probably be different in every situation to which emotion you will listen most. But I think it's really important to think about what will help you as a person and also not forget about you. I think. Uh, in the way we live now, we forget about ourselves a lot and we think a lot about other people, especially when you have children, when you have a partner, you think about taking care of them first and sometimes we forget ourselves in that. So I think uh, what you should think about is how can I help myself and what will be the consequences for others um, and is it worth the consequence for me? Does it make me happy enough to take it to, to make this decision? Mm -hmm. And this is, is this a, a problem that uh, your clients are struggling with as well, uh, experiencing different kind of emotions at the same time? Yeah. Um, so what I think is that feeling angry, sad, or even feeling afraid are really important emotions to feel. But sometimes through life, we learn certain behaviors to not feel those emotions and not express them. So uh, let me think of an example. When you think of a child who is sad and he or she cries and their parent, they hits them when they cry. So they start to associate the feeling of sadness with anxiety because they expect to get hit by their parents. So um, they learn certain behaviors not to feel that anxiety and that sad feelings. For example, they, um, they start to eat or they start to distract themselves, or they even blame themselves for the situation just to be angry at themselves and not have to feel the sadness and the anxiety. So I think 
when they are adults, they just feel the, the guilt towards themselves or the angry towards themselves, or they just uh, do the destructive behavior or they just eat and they are not aware that they're actually scared or feeling sad. Mm -hmm. So they are kind of taking over the role of their parents when they are adults and start punishing themselves because they're used to being punished because they associate having negative emotions with punishment. For example, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, so the, um, you're saying that when they are experiencing uh, different kind of emotions at the same time, it's important for them to listen to all of them because they should all be used in making decisions. What is the value of uh, negative emotions such as anger and um, sadness? Why is it important to ventilate those? To ventilate them? Um, well, I think they're all, I see them as kind of activating emotions. Emotions, so when we are angry, uh, someone crossed our boundaries and we need to set them again. When we feel sad, there is something terrible we've been through and we need to process that. So if we do not feel the sadness or the angriness, then we do not process situations or we do not set boundaries and change the situations for the better for ourselves. So if we do not feel those emotions, they build up. Sometimes I use um, the analogy of a bucket when I work with younger children. So if water fills the bucket and the water is the emotions, it just fills up and fills up and fills up until it flows over. And when it flows over, then trouble starts. Then we lose more control for behavior or we get really angry or we can even get depressed because we do not empty the bucket in time. So it's really important to do that. And of course, that's easier said than done. Um, but yeah, I think it's really important to empty the bucket in time before it flows over. Sometimes um, there are people have trigger points. So even if they, um, so when they're being triggered, they experience um, negative emotions such as anger and they um, get it through the rationality and then they express it with words but um, then it's out of the system, but next time the, they might still get triggered by the exact same thing, maybe in another context, in another situation by someone else, but the, you mm -hmm. keep experiencing it. Can you yeah. also find a way to um, stop yourself from experiencing those trigger points in the first place? Well, I think it, it depends, I mean, um... In certain situations, it's really healthy to feel emotions like anger or feeling sad. Um, for example, when someone yells at you and calls you names, it's perfectly healthy to get angry. And I wouldn't recommend not trying to feel anger. Um, but sometimes through life, we go through certain situations um, that do a lot to us, that traumatize us, for example. And then when we go get further in our lives, when we get older and something happens that reminds us of that trauma, then we can feel emotions that might not be really fit in the situation. So we feel really angry, well, it's just, it's not a situation to feel really angry in. We just feel that anger because what we have been through. Is, is that what you mean? 
Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, kind of. So what you are saying is that um, it frequently happens that we find ourselves into situations in which we experience uh, certain emotions, but often mm -hmm. those emotions don't actually have to do with that ex that specific situation, but it mm -hmm. actually um, refers back to an earlier moment you experienced that uh, you reactivated again with that yeah. trigger point. Yeah. 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 And in those situations, yeah, it is possible to not feel those emotions again in um, further situations in your life. But I think most people do need a little help with that um, by with a therapist, for example, just to talk about those early situations so you can process that. And then uh, when you come in another situations that might usually be a trigger, it won't trigger you anymore. But it's yeah, it's hard to do that by yourself. I think a lot of people need a bit of help with that. Mm -hmm. So what happens? Um, what kind of intervention are you having with the client for them to not being triggered by those moments again? Um, well, the, there are different ways to do that. I think it's the first per, per therapist and per client which way you go but for example um, a trauma is mostly a situation that we haven't processed yet that we just suppress or we try to forget and we try not to think about it so it has not been processed so that's the focus mostly just to try to process that situation by talking about it by exposing ourselves to those memories and the therapist can guide you with that and sometimes we use um, a technique called EMDR um, and that also help with the processing of those memories so I think it's mostly just exposing ourselves to those memories so that we can process it properly okay and um is that uh, not to be afraid of those memories uh, anymore or to get familiar with those old memories that we are able to accept those things that happened to us before or that we experienced before or that maybe even that we did before so that we um, are able to fully accept ourselves does it have is that the direction you're going into yeah yeah so just really feel the emotions you felt then or you feel now about the memory and accepting it yes accepting how you behaved accepting how you acted accepting what happened to you um, yeah mm -hmm. do you think accepting something is the same as uh, forgiving someone no no i think it's um I think that's different. I think accepting that it happened is just that you can look at the memory, that you can um, process it, that you don't need to push the memory away anymore. And forgiveness is something different. Forgiveness is um, forgiving a person that did something to you. And that's another step. And sometimes people don't get there. Sometimes people do not want to get there. And that's, yeah, that's up to them. And how about um accepting things that you did yourself so we spoke before about guilt mm -hmm. um, how does that work because um what you said before a lot of things you mentioned had to do with the external world but this one mm -hmm. really has to do with like an internal struggle with something um yeah which you feel different kind of emotions and you're in a roller coaster 
how do you accept things about yourself that you don't feel good about? Well, that, then I think it has more to do with feeling compassion towards yourself. So really trying to understand why you made a certain decision in that moment in your life. So uh, sometimes we also really look back at our childhood and see how certain behavior, behavior patterns came to exist in your life so that you can understand why you made that decision. And if you understand it better, then you can also feel more compassion towards yourself and kind of forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. um, in, in our society, why do you think we are um, dealing with emotions in such a self-destructive way? Well, I think in our society, we have certain opinions about emotions. So what I see, for example, is men and boys who have a certain idea of manlyhood. And in that idea, there's no room for feeling sad or feeling scared because that's not manly enough. So then they try to suppress those emotions while they are really healthy emotions to feel. I mean, imagine not feeling scared. Imagine standing in front of a lion and not feeling scared. I mean, you will get eaten. If you feel scared, you know you need to remove yourself from the situation. You need to get safe. So I think um, there are certain ideas of how we should behave and how we should be. And that does not always leave room for all the emotions that we should feel. In certain circles, certain societies, we um, feeling and expressing emotions is seen as weak. Um, yeah, so people tend to not show them. So they do not, so they aren't viewed as weak. So if you want to change, it can be difficult in certain, if you have certain people around you that do not accept those emotions. So sometimes we also talk about getting new friends, for example, or uh, finding other ways to express them, finding certain people to express them and not with all of your friends, not with all of them who do not accept the emotions. So yeah, it also has a lot to do with the people around you and how they feel about expressing your emotions. Yeah, so weakness is kind of like a label, um, mm -hmm. but behind that label, we, I think, a concept that is more matching a concept is a vulnerability that mm -hmm. that they find it hard to show their vulnerability vulnerability because that means that someone can actually um, make them feel worse about themselves because mm -hmm. then they're in that position in which they can be attacked so um what is if we are talking about other people around that person that don't know how to deal with the emotions of someone else uh, they don't know how to like a, a, a mother who doesn't know how to deal with her son crying and tells him to stop and that he's a big boy he shouldn't be crying those kind of things mm -hmm. and later on he starts to feel uncomfortable about uh, around women crying mm -hmm. having to cry um, what would you say is a good way for women in this context, how to deal with the negative emotions they are seeing uh, in, a, in a man? How we should deal with it yeah. as women. 
Yeah. Well, I think encourage it. Let it be there and say that it's okay that you not view them as weak or uh, less of a man. In my personal opinion, I think it's really strong to um, be able to show those emotions and to be able to feel your vulnerability because it takes so much strength to to cry and to to say how you feel. It's so much more trouble than just suppressing it. So I think as women, we should encourage it, encourage it and talk about it and say that it's okay and still that you still accept them and love them if they show that to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. this is actually something I really recognize. I personally notice that I find it's very hard to express negative emotions. I feel like I have to suppress my sadness, like it feels like it's not safe to cry. So, mm-hmm. um, but I already know where it's coming from. So what's the next step then? Because you say you have to accept things and get familiar with it. Mm-hmm. But that's easier said than done. So, what is yeah. what can people do themselves? <laughs> what can people do themselves in order to uh, feel safe again to feel negative emotions? Well, it, it might not be what you want to hear, but it's mostly just trying it out, just um, feeling the anxiety you feel when you get sad, and trying to um, take baby steps. So, for example, the next time when you feel sad and you feel like crying, but you're with someone else and you notice that you start to suppress it, try to um, say how you feel and try to feel what you're comfortable with feeling. So, for example, I feel sad just because you said uh, those words to me just now and try it out and try see how the person reacts. And then the next time, maybe you feel more comfortable with showing a bit more of your emotions, like crying or, um, yeah, just take baby steps and try it out and accept that it's you feel scared and that it's okay to feel scared in those situations. Mm -hmm. That's a very good good tip that um, I think people could, could really implement. But then at the same time, it does sound like it depends on the person you have around you, whether you're able to actually go forward into um, making those steps. So in mm-hmm. that, we are very dependent on who we have around us, right? Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's correct. I think you should start with someone that you feel comfortable with, in which you, from which you think that they will accept those emotions from you so it's just not not just with anyone i mean we won't cry with anyone for example at your your work you maybe you won't necessarily cry with your boss but you would cry with your partner so i think it's normal to select the people um, to which you show your vulnerability and to start try someone that you feel most comfortable with that you feel safe with Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a very good, very good one. Yeah, so what we should do is if we aren't able to straight away express our emotions because it feels uncomfortable, we can try to put it into words and mm-hmm. see how people respond to that. And in that, we can find out whether, like, if that's actually a safe thing to do because if someone responds in a positive way, then it feels more safe. Yeah, 
Exactly. It sounds like a long process, though. It it is. <laughs> I must <laughs> say, I won't lie to you. It is a long process because you have just learned to feel so much anxiety with doing that. So it takes a lot of time to unlearn what you have learned. And those pattern patterns existed for years. I mean. How old are we? We are 26 years old. We have been doing this for 26 years. So it's not might not be a surprise that it won't take a few months to unlearn those 26 years. So yeah, it, it will take time and it will take a lot of courage and a lot of strength. And we will sometimes not be able to, to express it. And sometimes we fall back a bit, but it's a process, but it will, it will work. People can change. And what kind of role do you would you say a parent plays in this um, in this situation? Because we learn a lot of things like unconsciously, also because we don't have the knowledge at that time yet when we are yeah. younger in our childhood. So um, let's say you're in a relationship and you really trust the person and you start to take those baby baby steps that you were talking about. Do you also think that it's crucial for it to like totally be developed and processed to also um, feel able to express those emotions that were earlier on forbidden um, at your parents' presence? Mm -hmm. So do you mean um, because you've learned this behavior um, by your parents, they, they taught you to behave this way, that we should express those emotions to them as well? Is yeah. That what you mean? Yeah. Um, well, I think it, it will be different for everyone. It depends on the parents if they are able to, um, to accept you in that way and to behave in a way that will support you, support you in expressing those emotions. So I think some parents, um, they will be able to react positively to you expressing those emotions. But some parents are just not able to because of what they have learned as a child or because what they have been through in life. And I think you know your parents the best. So you are the person to decide um, if that's a possibility for you or not. Yeah, so we can also take the baby steps with our parents. So try to express how you feel in words a bit and see how it lands, see how they react and see if that is what you need, if that, if that is what helps you. And then you can take it a bit further. But if the response is not what helps you and not what you need in this process, then maybe it's um, a good thing to think about if your parents are able to support you in this and if they are able to help you with this. I think it will be different for everyone. This makes me wonder, what if you are making those, uh, what if you are making that process and you are able to express yourself better, but you find out that at, uh, with your parents, you are not able to make those steps. Does that mm -hmm. automatically mean that you are creating a larger distance between you and your parents because of that? Um, maybe in a certain way, I, I think it's just how you view that. Um, but yeah, maybe you feel like you cannot show a certain part of yourself to your parents and that creates a kind of a distance between you and them. Uh, that's possible. But I think it's also a process of accepting that the relationship with your parents is what it is and try to view 
the positive things you can get from them because they, well, I hope so, they will be able to do other things for you, maybe just material things or maybe just doing fun things with them. Um, so I think it's important to try to, to focus on what they can give you and try to accept that this relationship is what it is. And yeah, that's a difficult process. That is a difficult process. Yeah, I personally think it also has to do, we spoke a little bit about that before, about empathy. I think it also has to do with that because if your parent isn't able to provide you with that safe environment, even when you are older and you're trying to reach out to them, talking about how you were brought up, if they aren't able to empathize for the way that you feel right now and felt at that time, then I think it also has to do with the fact that they aren't able to, like you said before, because they had their own experience and process and they were wired in their own way by their own parents and childhood and upbringing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, maybe that's the thing that you should really repeat in your mind when you aren't getting out of the relationship with your parent, what you want to, that it's not that they aren't uh, willing to do it, but they just don't know how, or they're just yeah. not comfortable enough with it. Yeah, exactly. They're just not able to. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't mean they don't love you. No, that's, uh, that's certain. That's for sure. Yeah. And um, so when your clients are visiting, visiting you, is this mm -hmm. uh, something that you discuss a lot, this kind of situations and uh, struggles? Um, well, because I do see children and young adults, it's mostly just the emotion parts and how to deal with them, how to express them. I think that's what I talk about a lot. And the relationship with your parents, I think that's mostly for adults just the next stage in life because as a child and a young adult you're just still so dependent on your parents so it's really hard to be able to reflect on them in a way because you're just so dependent on them you have to have a relationship with them so the reflection mostly happens when you get a little bit older and you can look back at your childhood and when you got out of the house and are able to think about it so that's not a part that I really discuss a lot right now, just because of the age group I see. Yeah, but it's pretty interesting, though, because you actually um, help the kids at the time that their their upbringing is being built, that the struggles are appearing. Mm -hmm. So are you also like specifically focused on preventing children to develop in a way in which they end up as adults struggling with the problems that we are talking about in this uh, conversation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and because they're so young, it's also a bit easier for them to change because the patterns hasn't existed for that long. So I think those kids are like sponges. They take every advice and they do it immediately and they see change uh, really fast, more quicker than adults do. Um, and not to forget, we also talk to the parents, because if the children change, the parents also need to change. So we also talk to the parents and help them in um, yeah, accepting the emotions of the children and how to respond to them. So it's not just the kids we see, it's also the parents. Yeah. Wow, that's really valuable work that you're doing. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I love my job, I must say. <laughs> yeah, 
Wow. Okay, so um, are there any other misconceptions about emotions that I, of which you are saying like that's really something I should point out as well? Um, well, I think I think it's just what we talked about, what we just talked about. I think the most misconception I hear is that we should not feel certain emotions or certain emotions aren't allowed to be there. Well, I think every emotion is important and every emotion should be felt. Um, I think that's the biggest misconception I hear. Yeah, because what you're saying is once you accept the emotions that you are feeling, you are emptying out your own big bucket again. And yeah. it gives you, yeah gives you space to think to feel to see everything clearly yeah every emotion has its own function so feeling sad is to process something that happened to you feeling angry is to set your boundaries someone went over them and feeling scared means that you might be in a situation that is threatening so they own have all have a really important function Wow, that's really good. Thank you so much for um, for sharing this. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. If you'd like to, you can visit our website, www.trakook.com. Over there, we have the whole written article and many more articles and podcast episodes focused on self-development. Did you like this episode? Don't forget to hit the like button and to follow us. Thank you for listening and hopefully until next time.